It didn't look like Michigan was going to have a very good game for a little while, a whole quarter, maybe a quarter and a half, but then the game turned out to be no different than any of the others throughout the season. The boa constrictor constricted against the Indiana Hoosiers. Let's talk about that, and then we'll start to get into Michigan State because it is rivalry week. On this episode of Locked On Wolverines. You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Sunday. Welcome back. I don't know how I suddenly forgot how I opened these. Locked On Wolverines Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. Uh, it was a rainy one, it was soggy. Uh, praise the Lord that it didn't, uh, it wasn't like a downpour, it wasn't anything nuts, it wasn't camera ruining, but uh, bravo to those of you who went and, and braved through that. It wasn't that bad, uh, but it was, it was, it was, an, I won't even say, say annoying, I just, I, it was just, it was what it was. But Michigan went out, and they did what they were supposed to do against Indiana. Now, if you remember, Ohio State fans they were sitting there talking about how Indiana basically was uh, just, a, you know, a notch below Penn State. Um, if you want a transitive property, it, it, it's which I don't necessarily recommend doing. Uh, it was something, right? Because you look at what Ohio State did against Indiana, 23-3. to Okay, Michigan let it, allowed a touchdown. Whereas... Uh, uh, and they Ohio State allowed a field goal, so I mean, kudos to them. But Ohio State scored 23 points to Michigan's 52. Uh, wasn't like an overwhelming uh, style of uh, offense for for Michigan. Even I mean, Ohio State managed 380 yards, and Michigan got 400, just over 400. Yet the scoring was so much more prevalent. Um, Good game for for the quarterbacks. Uh, Michigan managed uh, 407 total yards in the game, 244 passing. Uh, J.J. McCarthy accounted for 222 of those, 14 of 17. Uh, The misses came real early, and then Jack Tuttle finally got to kind of show off uh, against his favorite team, going 5 for 5 for uh, 22 yards and a touchdown. Three passing touchdowns for J.J. McCarthy and uh, one for Jack Tuttle. There was the uh, the two rushing touchdowns for Blake Corum, which I only remember one, so I'm very confused. And then as well as Donovan Edwards finally getting into the end zone. Uh, Edwards still kind of struggling when it came to, to running the ball. Uh, he had nine carries for 20 yards. It's an average of 2.2 yards per carry. But he, uh, he also got involved in the pass game. He had two uh, catches for 33 yards. And uh, I, I talked to Donovan afterwards, and he was – it was, you could feel the negative spirits being lifted, right? So it, it was like a, finally, right? We've all been through things where you, you get over that hump of sorts. So felt really good for him. I, I'm really happy and proud of him that he was able to persevere. I mean, half a season uh, without that. But Indiana had some some good ideas, of course. I think some of the things uh, that happened also, I mean, keep in mind, Indiana had a first, uh, a, a, the first game with a new offensive coordinator. They had a really good plan, and that plan worked a little bit until it didn't, per usual. That's, I, I was shocked, especially once uh, Brendan Soresby came in, how fast Indiana got rid of the ball. They weren't even counting to two. 
was he was getting the ball in his hands and getting rid of it within a second. I, I actually sat there and counted, and there were a couple that were two seconds. You know, you sit there and actually wait the full two seconds. But otherwise, I mean, it was it was a great plan to just be like, we're just going to use speed as much as we possibly can. And still, they only gained, what, 232 yards? Yes, 232 yards. Total 140 through the air and uh, a, a grand total of 92 rushing on 33 attempts. Um, Michigan got 163 yards rushing on 42. Uh, at 3.9 yards per carry, but they had the rushing touchdowns, all of that. The total yards gained rushing. If you negate the four sacks, because Michigan normally doesn't get sacks. They had 190 yards, but the sacks took some something out of it, right? So um, the sacks, uh, I mean, Jim Harbaugh kind of chalked it up. Hey, it's football. It happens. But we're not used to it happening. And certainly you're not used to Indiana being the team that's actually inflicting that. So, I mean, it was what it was in terms of that. Uh, really does feel to me like uh, Tyler Morris has really earned the punt return role. Um, I, 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 re- I didn't watch the whole broadcast, but I, I, I didn't really think of it this way, that Gus, the way got Gus Johnson made it when he said that Jake Thaw, they're putting Jake Thaw out there, and he's, he's the guy they put out there when they don't, aren't trying to return a punt. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. That, that's, that's an observation I didn't notice. But um, certainly... Accurate, I believe. Um, so, yes. Uh, I, I mean, I thought that there was a lot of really good stuff that came. The in- ingenuity of J.J. McCarthy from that the, the pitch to Donovan Edwards to just the scramble play where he directed Colston Loveland because as that play was happening, I literally said, to, it was either Patrick Barron or Bryce Marich next to me. Uh, I, I pointed out, like, he could get the first down if he just, like I like what look at him directing. It was like he better complete this pass because he could get the first down right now by throwing it to Colston Loveland because it was a third down play, right? And yet because he directed him, it ended up being a touchdown. So uh, you're seeing JJ just really showing out in a lot of incredible ways. Um, and then to top it all off, I mean Blake Corum gets two touchdowns, is in the sole lead of touchdowns scored by a running back. And then you've got uh, Roman Wilson, who's tied for first in touchdowns uh, by a wide receiver, right? Now, that's the most important thing. That is the most important thing overall is scoring. I, I know that Ohio State people and Michigan State people, they want to try to come up with other things and be like, look, Michigan's not really that good because X, Y, and Z. Really what matters the most is not your total offense, not your passing offense, none of that stuff. It's just scoring, right? If another team goes all goes 99 yards, if they if they get it, they they get it on the one yard line and go 98 yards rather every single drive, and they don't score, then what does it matter? You know, you could have 800 yards, but if you have three points, that's not great. Michigan's scoring has been unbelievable. The streak of not allowing a play taking place within the 10 yard line continues on. Uh, certainly I feel like that's going to be a streak that's broken before too long because now we're getting into the kind of the nitty-gritty of the schedule, of the schedule here. Michigan State isn't, when you look at SP+, they're not necessarily anything to write home about. They're somewhere in between Nebraska and Minnesota, so not quite as bad necessarily uh, as uh, their record shows, but certainly not as good as, you know, other things. I don't know. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how this game uh, kind of goes on. 
Let's continue talking about all of this stuff. We've got plenty more, then we'll get into Michigan State. Uh, so we'll do that here in a moment. Before we do snap into action, this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get a $200 uh, bonus bet, or they get $200 back in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, overs, unders. You can get paid instantly. And if you uh, if you took the Detroit Football Lions, then you know you could you could have a little extra money in your pocket. So go to FanDuel.com/lockdown and kick off the NFL season right. Six seven weeks in, whatever it is, FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. One of the weirder things about this game is that Indiana had two Wolverines on its offense and uh, Michigan had two Hoosiers on its offense. Kind of just odd, right? Because you, you got the, you know, you, we all know Jack Barner, at, sorry, Jack Tuttle and AJ Barner. Uh, certainly, I, there was no reaction in the big house when Christian Turner had got his first carry. None, you know, it wasn't like when, when Carl Grappentine did his Christian Turner was the ball carrier. Like there was no, there was no reaction. It was just like, oh, I, 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 a part of me was like, I wonder if anyone recognizes that name. Uh, the other one, uh, if in case you didn't know, is Zach Carpenter, uh, who uh, was penalized once in the game, uh, who was supposed to be Michigan's center of the future, and in a way, Michigan's got to be pretty happy that that didn't happen. I mean, he's been playing guard for uh, for Indiana. Uh, but uh, he transferred, I believe, after the 2020 season. And what have they had? A really good Andrew Vistardis, a really good uh, Olu Oluwatimi, and a really good Drake Nugent. So it's kind of all worked out in Michigan's favor uh, as a result. So um, just kind of an interesting little tidbit there. So I just, I thought Michigan, I mean, it, it went through a lull, right? And then it just absolutely dominated. The, the, the early going just looked like Michigan wanted to stay in bed, like I think probably a lot of us did. It was a cold, rainy, gloomy day. Not that cold, but I mean, uh, there was never a point where I was like, ooh, it's cold, except for my hands, I think. Uh, but, uh, it, you know, it, was, it would have been the perfect time, type of day to just, you know, light a fire or light some candles. I don't have a fireplace, so I'd light some candles and curl up on the couch and read a book. You know, that, that's the type of day it was. And, uh, yet, and like, that's kind of what I did on Friday, you know, like for, for good parts of the day was just, you know, I try to take Thursday and Friday parts of it to just relax. Cause those are my Friday and Saturday or sorry, my Saturday and Sunday, you know, uh, I still have to do work, but I try to take some time and just push back. And that's kind of what I was doing uh, a little bit. I went to the Christian bookstore up in Flint and on Thursday, uh, and Sarah wanted the day to herself, so I let you know let her have that. And then uh, Friday, I I just kind of did a little bit of work here, then kind of sat there and read and did the podcast, and you know then read some more. And, you know that's kind of what my day was, and it was like Michigan got off the bus, kind of dreaming of having that exact day. But once they were kind of like, oh right, we are in a game. Then they just dominated from start, like from that point forward, right? 
Indiana drives down the field like it's nothing, kind of looks like, hey, this is going to be really incredible. What's going on right here, right now? You know, the, who, they were fired up. And then you have as Mike Barrett, I think it was Mike Barrett who said this. It's like you watch, you didn't say it exactly like, like this. I'm kind of paraphrasing, but it's like, I really enjoy watching the life go out of someone's eyes. That was he's wearing a cross up there. He's got Christian tattoos, and he's just like it's like sadism right there. Then you've got the you got the line that he said like uh, your coach Harbaugh said that we're in the blank uh, kicking business, and uh, business is booming. I mean, how can you not love that right now? Now I I saw the reactions from some of the rivals, and they oh play somebody. You know what? It it doesn't matter if they're not playing anybody, right? Number one, they haven't played any FCS teams. I'm looking at both rivals. Right, they at least played group of five FBS level teams. Sorry that they didn't play Washington or Notre Dame. That's they're bad, whatever. But like, they're still just demolishing everybody. Once they got in the Big Ten, playing better competition, they've actually played better anyway. So, I mean, we'll see how this goes in the for in the forthcoming. But it's just it's it, the, Mike Barrett's not wrong. It's it's booming right now. And the hope is that that continues this next week against Michigan State, right? Because they have something coming to them for what happened at the end of the year last year. And make no mistake, Michigan State people who are watching or listening, that was all on Michigan State. And you can sit there and say, but, you know, but Jamon Green was skipping up the tunnel. It wasn't, I, I know Jamon Green well enough to also know he wasn't gloating. And what little conversations I had with people uh, about him specifically, I, I've gotten eyewitness accounts from people inside that tunnel. Literally a minute after it had cleared, I was in the tunnel just at the base. I didn't hear or see anything because I was too far away from all of that um, and still getting the field noise. But that was entirely pro- provoked solely by the Michigan State people. So it just uh you got another thing coming when it comes to at least on the football field right this michigan team is going to speak on the football field and they've they've said that much, that much right they're not they're not even thinking about the tunnel incident according to what they say now they say that there's probably a pretty good chance that they are very much thinking of it so um it's and obviously michigan state lost to rutgers so i mean we're going to get into all of that here momentarily maybe we should just call <laughs> call this segment as it is, because I don't feel like I have too much more to add on Indiana. And yeah, let's just move on to Michigan State because that's what we're all here for, right? We want to get to the get to the rivalry game finally. Uh, so let's do that I, because I, my impulse is to keep talking about it before I even move on. Anyway, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you've got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. Now, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And it is so easy to create a job listing on LinkedIn Jobs. It's just a matter of a couple clicks, putting in the description, yada, 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 done without any kind of hassle or thought. After you're done with that, you can use the purple hashtag hiring frame to let everyone on know via your profile that you indeed are hiring. Therefore, you can get the applicants that you want. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Just like Michigan went and stole a couple players away from Indiana who ended up burning Indiana much more than the vice versa, 
you can go to your own transfer portal and you can beat the Hoosiers or win the champion, your own business championship. However you want to do it, whatever team you want to compare it to, you can dip into your own personal transfer portal for your business using LinkedIn jobs. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. First off, I do want to thank Rich Nelson. I did feel I, I used the Allermy uh, medication yesterday. I did still have to take Benadryl, not during the game, but after I felt some facial swelling from, I think it's the rubber pellets that I'm allergic to because after I talked to Donovan, I had, uh, you know, he's covered in the rubber pellets and I had some on my hands when I got to the press conference and afterwards at the press conference, I was like, oh, why is my hand burn? And I'm like looking at all these welts on my hand. And I'm like, oh, I'm allergic to the, the rubber pellets. So, but uh, don't feel hungover today, just tired. Like normally I feel hungover. Still missed church this morning, but that was because I don't ask me how this happened, but I locked my car keys in the house and my house keys in the car. <laughs> Go to leave for church. Both doors are locked and I'm like, okay, no big deal. I have a, you know, the remote app thing, you know, I can just unlock my car, grab, grab my keys to the house, open the, open the house door, grab the, uh, you know, grab the car keys and be on my way. Nope. The app decided it doesn't work anymore. I had a feeling because it wouldn't start the car like last time I tried to use it, like when I was at the airport in the winter. And um, so, yeah, crazy day. All right, that's enough of that. Michigan State. First off, Michigan State loses after being up 24-6 against Rutgers in the fourth quarter. I thought they were going to lose to Rutgers, and I was honestly very surprised to see that they were up what they were up. Uh, against the Scarlet Knights, but heck of a comeback and also heck of a collapse by Michigan State. That's vintage Michigan State. Um, I think Rutgers is a good team. I see people trying to make it like, you, you know, you lost to Rutgers and, you know, even the Michigan State people being like, holy crap, we lost to Rutgers. I mean, Rutgers is at least on the level of what you would think of Michigan State on a normal basis, not in their inflated, we are the best team ever basis that they like to pretend but that kind of middle of the pack Big Ten team, that's kind of what Rutgers is right now. I mean, I've told you Michigan thinks that Rutgers was the best team they would face until Penn State. So, I mean, take that for what it's worth. Um, but, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I am leery of the game, as I am any year. I It's not, and sometimes I convince myself Michigan will lose. Now, to me, I don't really think that there's any indication that that will happen. Michigan is just much better, much more talented, much more diverse, and much more proven. The place I'm fearful of is because we have seen shenanigans as recent as last year, not as much in-game, but certainly after. And granted, Mel Tucker is gone. I think that he's, you know, the, you know, the head of the Hydra. I mean, Mark D'Antonio as well, who's Mark, Mark D'Antonio is involved with the team. So it's, I'm fearful, I'm leery about the health and safety of the Michigan players. And that's, I think, the most important thing. So to me, 
as much as I would have the proclivity to want to pile on if you're up 28 to nothing at the half and, you know, hey, let's bring J.J. out for another half. No, just don't. It just He's done. He's good at that point. And I do expect that if that was the case, if they did to them the same thing that they did to Nebraska and they're up that big that early, I do, I do expect that Michigan would make that decision and say, J.J., thanks, Blake, thanks for everything you guys have done. Uh, we'd like you to go ahead and just take a seat for the rest of the game. And that would be the right call because you don't want to risk the rest of your season by scoring 42 points. You know, just at that point, you just got to shut it down. Um, wasn't a crazy good day for Michigan State offensively, per se, if memory serves. Uh, they didn't run the ball that great uh, with Nathan Carter. Kattenhauser is now in there. And, I mean, they've looked better the last couple of weeks, and you don't know how much or how little losing to Rutgers the way that they did is going to kill their soul. Or if they're going to come out with like this Herculean fight that you just didn't expect. Um, I would expect probably you'll see the Herculean fight early. I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan State strikes first. But then after that, I think it, it becomes a different story. Um, so I would like to see JJ really shine, though, uh, because I am tired of seeing the, uh, the, the Twitter on the Twitter for you. Uh, so many of them just love to to say that uh, to bring up JJ's three interception game against Bowling Green as if they a didn't win that game handily by just past the halfway point and b like it negates any of the other great things he's done uh second most accurate quarterback in all of college football and i see some people saying like and he hasn't even played the fourth quarter well if he played the fourth quarter that number probably goes down a little bit right but um Nonetheless, I mean, he has been phenomenal, so phenomenal that Matt Leinert came out on Twitter today and said, uh, he's, my, he's the Dark Horse Heisman candidate. He's the guy. He's, he's actually second in odds at the moment behind just Dylan Gabriel. So protect JJ, protect Blake, protect uh, all, all of your big-time players at all costs uh, and because uh, you just don't know what you're going to get going to East Lansing. Uh, really frustrated that's a night game. Uh, but at the same time, the fact that they lost the week before and now that they're two and four, at least kind of gives it, it takes some luster off. So therefore, I would imagine if that you're a Michigan fan and you want to go to that game, you probably can. It probably can be a home game if you want it to be like yeah, the student section is going to be MSU people. But how full of they are they going to be and for how long? So. We'll see because we know how, you know, how that fan base has tended to operate. Any fan base will have some le level of fair weatherness aside from Nebraska. Uh, but, uh, I mean, they really fall off a cliff really quickly. We've seen that. So, uh, as far as the matchup is concerned, I mean, Michigan's better at every position. There's no, no position that punt returner, is that, that the only place where maybe M Michigan State has an advantage, Tyrell Henry? That might be it. Other, other than that, Michigan's got an advantage literally at every other position. Lit, like, literally. So unless Michigan comes in with some crazy false bravado, and I shouldn't, be, I shouldn't even say false bravado, just lackadaisical in the sense of we just have to show up to win this game, 
I don't expect they will. I'm sure. I'm sure that even you know we in the media will probably be asking like, how do you guard against going into this game? You know, just feeling sure you're going to win it. You know, that's that's the th- big thing. Michigan against itself more than Michigan versus Michigan State in so many ways. So uh, that's it. That's all I got today. Keep it short and sweet. We will be back. Uh, the plan is to return to five days this week because it is the rivalry week. Uh, when I say five days, I don't mean, I mean the regular five days, the actual Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, and then we'll have a post game on Sunday. That is the plan. Our press conference is a little early on, on Monday. It's an hour and a half earlier than normal. So uh, that should uh, actually make it a heck of a lot easier for us to get a Monday episode in. So anyway, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Peace. Peace.